This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to all of you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Looking forward to spending another year with you talking about the mental side of sports as we do every week on this show. And I'm looking forward to talking about lots of interesting topics this year, about pressure, about competition, about winning and losing, about kids' sports. You know, this show, which has been on the air now for 18 years here in the Kansas City area, our show is now syndicated in a number of cities around the country. I've been on the radio for 28 years. We talk about your mind, and we talk about how you can perform better, how you can be your best. We talk about issues. We talk about problems that affect us psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally on this show. And I try to get into issues with you and conversations that can help you accomplish your goals and reach your potential. I've had the privilege to have worked with athletes at all levels of competition from the professional and Olympic levels all the way down to youth sports. And if you followed the show, you know I'm a co-author with Jeff Montgomery, Kansas City Royals Hall of Fame closer, and Pete Malone, USA Swimming Hall of Fame coach, with a book called Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. And this show touches on a lot of different issues. Basically, I look at it from three perspectives. First of all, we talk about sports psychology, about the mental side of sports, about how you deal with pressure, how you deal with, with things that affect our performance. Second, I like to get into discussions about sportsmanship. One of my passions, dealing with sportsmanship, dealing with kids' sports, and all the wacko things that go on and we've had many guests on this show talking about the problems that exist in the world of youth sports. And third, an issue that I've touched on for years, but finally in the last year and a half or so has come to the forefront, and that is the whole issue of the mental side, the mental health issues that athletes and sports people have. Because athletes are people. Sometimes we look at them as superior to us. They look, we look at professional athletes and oftentimes college athletes as superior people physically. And maybe they are bigger and stronger, faster, but nonetheless, they're still people and they've got issues. So we try to touch on issues on this show affecting all those things. And since it's the beginning of a new year and it's playoff time, here in Kansas City, obviously, we're all excited about the Kansas City Chiefs and playing in the playoffs. number of teams are obviously excited. Their fans are excited. 
So you've got that pressure, the pressure to win. You've got the college football championship coming up between LSU and Clemson. Two very good teams, obviously two very good professional, eventually pro quarterbacks, and a number of professional athletes to be on both of those teams. You've got the issue of winning because now it's all about win, win and move on and losing you're done. So how do you do that? You've got college basketball in full swing. The conference plays are, are starting now. The pressure to win in conference is there. So how do you, how do you deal with pressure? That's what I want to get into today. It doesn't have to just be with sports. It's about life. How do you handle pressure? What is pressure? It's, it's your body telling you to wake up and telling you, you better get going. Because when you have that pressure on, it's just not just psychological, it's physical. Feel the intensity. Your breathing picks up. Your muscles tighten. Your mind speeds up. Everything starts going faster. But the question is, how do you perform under pressure to be the best you can be? You know, one of the things that I look at with athletes is as we talk about so often, focus on the process, focus on your effort, focus on what you're doing right now. But as human beings, we all think, some of us think more than others. But when you start to think sometimes and your mind starts going faster, your body tenses up. When your body tenses up, your mind goes faster and everything starts going at warp speed sometimes and you lose control. So what is pressure? You know, it's, it, it's a lot of different things. And if we feel too little pressure, we can lose our focus and go through the motions of what we're doing. Feel too much, we can tense up and overtry. So much with pressure has to do with your breathing and your focus. And I want to get in that, into that today and talk about that. How you perform under pressure. Does pressure turn you on or turn you off? Are you a choker under pressure? Or does pressure get you going? Is pressure a motivator for you or a choker for you? I'd like to open up our phone lines. If you are a coach, how do you coach your athletes in the big game? Do you coach them differently? Do you feel the pressure in the big game? Does it make you get uptight? Do you notice your breathing gets more rapid? You start to get physically tense. You start to get physically tight. Like to open up our phone lines so we can get some calls and talk about this. If you're a coach, how do you coach your team in the big game under pressure? Obviously, with the NFL playoffs going on right now, you win and you move on to the next week, you're losing your season's done. You made it this far. There's all that pressure to get to the playoffs. Then there's the pressure to win. So do you think too much about winning or do you focus much more on preparation? And I'd like to hear from you if you are a coach. How do you coach your team in the big game? Do you find yourself being different? Do you find yourself trying too hard? When you listen to most athletes and most coaches after a game, 
in the playoffs or in the big time of the year. They'll talk about being in, you know, you've, we've heard the, tone, the, the term being in the zone. What does that mean? It's where your focus, where your concentration is at its peak. Concentrating on the task at hand. You feel the pressure to play well, but the pressure also turns you on to concentrate better. But when there's too much of that and you think too much, and that's there, there's that word think. When you think too much under pressure, then you start tightening up physically, you start tightening up mentally, and you don't do well. For many, many athletes who I work with, we talk about the big game, the playoff games, the championship games. And they'll tell me, you know, Doc, after I'm in the game, you know, four or five minutes into the game, it's a football game, maybe, maybe you know, second series or so, you're just playing football, you're just playing basketball, you're just doing your thing. You don't think about, oh my gosh, we have to win this right now. You're focusing on performing. And the guys who do well, the girls who do, the, the, the men and women who do well, focus on what they're doing at that moment. All right, I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, you're an athlete, how do you focus in the big game? Does the pressure of the big game tighten you up? And do you end up choking? If you're a coach, how do you coach the big games? If you're an athlete, how do you play them? I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. The world of youth sports has grown tremendously in the last few years, and with that growth comes questions. What's the right age to let my child start playing? When should winning and losing become important? And how can the youth sports experience be fun? These questions and many more are addressed head-on in sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs' book, Just Let Him Play, guiding parents, coaches, and athletes through youth sports. Written with Major League Baseball pitcher Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swimming coach Peter Malone, just Let Him Play tackles the issues that make youth sports increasingly difficult for parents, coaches, officials, and especially kids. Just Let Him Play explains the importance of winning and losing, success and failure, and why it's okay when not every athlete gets a trophy. For more information and to get your copy of Just Let Him Play, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, for your copy of Just Let Him Play, Go to winnersunlimited.com and click products.
Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section. When dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL, opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Looking forward to spending this next year with you as I have the past 28 years working on radio as a sports psychologist. I've been in practice in my 39th year of work and really enjoy working with athletes and coaches because we talk about people who like to perform under pressure, people who want to perform in front of people. And that's our topic today is pressure. How do you deal with pressure as a coach, as an athlete? What does pressure do for you? You know, it can disrupt your performance. It can make your heart speed up. You may have trouble breathing. Your thinking becomes more difficult. You can lose control of some of the physical and mental things you're trying to do. It can be your enemy in decision-making because it can make your ability to make decisions. You can get stuck. You can panic or you can rush. You feel this anxiety. It can turn you on or turn you off. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach... How do you coach the big game? Do you coach differently? As a coach, do you feel the pressure to have to win in that big game? Do you find yourself pushing your athletes, pushing your team to do things maybe they, they can't do because you feel you have to win, you have to win? Does the result, the score of the game, the end result become so important in your thinking that you lose your focus on how to get there? If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. If you are an athlete, if you've played sports or you're playing sports right now, how do you handle pressure? 
you know, I worked with a major league pitcher for years, and on the bill of his cap, I had him write one game at a time, one inning at a time, one batter at a time, one pitch at a time. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Don't think too much. Focus on the next pitch. He would write TNP on his glove. The next pitch. Focus on what you're doing at that time. When your mind starts to speed up and you start thinking about the results and you start thinking about what people are thinking about you and you start thinking about everybody else, it's harder to focus on that moment. And then consequently the pressure can get to you and it can knock you down. It's so easy to choke. It's so easy to fall apart under pressure when you're giving a speech. If you've ever given a speech or you've, you've had to give a speech, before that speech and you're waiting to walk out onto the stage up to the podium. Do you start looking at all the people? You start noticing your chest tightening up. You start your breathing starts getting worse. You start perspiring more. You start thinking about, oh gosh, look at all these people. What are they thinking? I better not screw up. Has that negative thinking popped into your head? That negative thinking happens all the time under pressure. If you're not prepared for it. You know, if you've listened to this show, I talk all about the keys to success, in my opinion. Preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. Preparation is about how you get ready mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, nutritionally. What are the things you need to do? Do you take the time to get ready for that pressure situation? Do you take the time to put your mind and body in that situation? Do you practice it? Preparation is about preparing. You know, that's what's so great about professional athletes is they are paid to prepare. They're paid to get ready. It doesn't mean they're going to perform well under pressure. They may not do as well as they can because they start thinking too much. They start feeling the intensity, the energy. And then when you start thinking too much, that physical and mental tension together knocks you down. I'd like to hear from you if you're a coach, if you're an athlete. How do you handle pressure? And what is pressure? Josh, let me ask you. My producer does a great job. He gets up early to be here with me every day. Is there pressure on you right now to perform in this job early in the morning? Well, well not every day. but Well, every day that we're here together. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's pressure. What is it? Just, I guess, worried about performing worried about your performance there you go worried okay why do you worry I'm gonna we'll do a little session with you right now why do you why do you worry about performing well not so much me you know just in general you want to you want to do good okay a couple weeks ago we did a show about if you remember the difference between worrying and focusing okay so when you start to worry what starts happening for you, what starts happening when you worry? In in general, uh, I'm pretty, you know, calm in the moment. You, I just takes repetition. You have to know in your mind that you, you're going to get better at something the more you do it. So that you just got to keep a, a good mindset, I think. But when you worry too much, what, then, do you, what do you start noticing happening? You can collapse under the pressure. That's you know what you see happen. Or you just you, you just can't do it. Collapse under the pressure in what way? Like you either, you either rise from the pressure, or you just 
you're um you fold under the pressure so the pre- the pressure can cause you to think negatively mm-hmm. get your mind going in the wrong way one of the most famous Kansas City Chiefs playoff games was years ago where the field goal kicker named Lynn Elliott missed all three kicks in a playoff game against Indianapolis. And after the game, after he missed the last kick, all I had to do is, if he made one of those, the Chiefs would have won that game against Indianapolis. He missed all three. After the game, he was being interviewed. And in the interview, he was asked, what were you thinking before the last kick? And he said, I was trying not to be negative. So when you're trying not to be negative, then Josh, what happens? You can you can rise, you know. You can keep a clear mind. You have the right mindset at that point. You can, but if you're trying not to be negative, what's the focus in your mind? Then your your focus is on the wrong thing. Right, right. You're focused on that negativity, mm-hmm. and I think under pressure, that's what a lot of people do. They start focusing on what they don't want to do. They start focusing what they're scared of not doing, and then the, they start thinking about the failure, and that becomes a priority in your in your mind when that starts to happen. And so you see, in, in, you know, in these big games now, in the playoff games and in the college basketball conference play games, you're going to see a lot of athletes rising up to the moment. And you'll listen to them after the games talk about, you know, what were you thinking? And a lot of them are going to say, you know what? I wasn't. I was just doing it. I was just going through the motions. I, I practiced it and practiced it enough that I just went out there and did it. So pressure is one of these situations in sports where if you're not prepared for it, you're not prepared for the physical and mental challenges that are going to address, you're going to be addressed by you, you won't do well. So that's why in practice, I encourage coaches to take their team, put them in situations where they feel pressure. You've got to score in a certain amount of time or you need to do this. What are you going to be thinking? How are you going to be feeling? What's the difference physically and mentally in your body, in your mind? And that's what I'd like to get into today. So if you're a coach, how do you coach your team in a big game, in a pressure situation? If you're an athlete, have you ever choked? I'd like to hear from you if you've choked before, if you're brave enough to give us a call. Let's talk about it. If you've choked under pressure, why? What were you thinking? Why did that handle? It doesn't have to be in sports. It can mean anything. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Are you an athlete, competitor, or ordinary individual who wants to learn how to relax, build confidence, and think more positively? Then the 20 Minutes to Success series of digital downloads and audio CDs from sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs are perfect for you. 20 Minutes to Success will teach you techniques to help you succeed. Dr. Jacobs covers topics like deep breathing for better focus, confidence building, and positive visualization. The 20 Minutes to Success series includes programs for individual sports like swimming, running, tennis, and baseball. You can also target overall athletic performance or relaxation. For more information and to get 20 minutes to success on digital download or CD, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. That's winnersunlimited.com and click products. One more time, to get 20 minutes to success, go to winnersunlimited.com and click products. 
Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811 brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. If you suffer from COPD symptoms like shortness of breath and fatigue, where do you turn? There are medications and oxygen, but do you know about pulmonary rehab? Three out of five COPD patients have never heard of it. Pulmonary rehab is an exercise, education, and support program that gives you tools to manage your condition, and Medicare typically pays for it. So whether it's grocery shopping on your own or just walking across the room, pulmonary rehab can help you. Visit livebetter.org to find out about your options for pulmonary rehab today. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago, and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was, so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Today's topic, I've been talking about pressure. How do you handle pressure? What do you do? Like to hear from you. Haven't anybody called in yet, but like to hear from you. If you are a coach or an athlete and you feel pressure when you're in your game, what does it do? Does it turn you on? Does it turn you off? Is it a motivator or is it a a paralysis for you? You know, Pressure can help you not just choke under pressure, under that intensity, but it can help you pay attention. It can keep you sharp. 
if there's too little, sometimes not enough pressure, you can often lose focus and you feel like you're just going through the motions of what you're doing. If you feel too much, then the tension comes on. And then you overdo it. So to me, pressure is a positive. It's a motivator. It's a catalyst. It's something that can get you going. But you've got to learn how to slow down. You know, in a basketball game, you see players brick free throws all the time. Lots of times guys who usually make them. And when they miss them, if they're usually, you know, look, every, everybody's going to miss. You no know, one's perfect. You're going to screw up once in a while. But if you really miss a bad miss, you'll always hear the player when they're interviewed, if they're honest, say, I was thinking I had to make it, had to make it. The ball to go in that hoop. And if I didn't, what was going to happen? If I didn't, there's that negative thinking. Too much pressure can do two things. It can turn you on and motivate you to do well, or it can turn you off and get you to think negatively. And that's where, to me, it starts, I think, by thinking about how to handle. That's why, to me, you encourage them. And research is finding more and more that confidence falls down, falls apart, when you have a history of negative thinking and that negative tension from failing from when you're younger. We're now starting to see more research coming out that shows that when an athlete is as a youngster, as a kid, screws up and they're yelled at, screamed at, degraded, insulted, cut down, their confidence goes, their focus goes, their mindset goes. So then when they get older, they don't do well under pressure in part because they're thinking about that negative coaching that they got when they were younger. Now, there are some, not many, there are some athletes who that will motivate them to do better. But most kids I have found, when they've screwed up as as youngsters, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, when they've had a coach who got on them about failing, as they get older, they feel that pressure, and then they choke under the pressure because they worry too much about the outcomes. Typically, the ones who do well are the ones who were not insulted or degraded when they were younger. They were coached in a positive, encouraging, reinforcing way. So I'd like to get your perspective on that, too. Because I'll tell you, I've seen enough kids in my office in the last five years Younger kids who have not performed well in pressure situations and they'll tell me what they start to think about is if they screw up. So before they even get in the situation, they think about if they screw up, who's going to yell at them? Who's going to be mad at them? Who's going to insult them? It happens a lot more frequently, I think, than, than, than we realize. You know, let's look at it this way. If you're a teacher and you give, you're a math teacher and you give a test, a multiple choice test, and you've got a youngster that flunks 
or flux. It, it, it doesn't pass the test. It doesn't do well. Do you yell at them? Do you cut them down? Do you insult them? Or do you sit and try and talk to them about why they didn't do well? You know, a couple weeks ago, we had a caller named John who called up and said, kids today are too weak. They're not tough. Okay, well, there's there's some validity of what he said about toughness. But there's a point where being tough turns, you know, if we look at a continuum, a line, one end of the line is is, is not being, is it's sort of being weak, you know, mentally weak. The other end is being mentally strong. Going past the other end is, is getting abused. Okay, there has to be somewhere on that line where you need to be, where you need to be mentally strong, but you need to be able to deal with the pressures. And we're all going to fail. We're all going to screw up. So how we handle that, how we come back from that is so, so important. So as a coach, what do you do when your team is in the big game? It's the fourth quarter. You're down by a touchdown. You need to score. You're down by two points in the basketball game. You've got the ball 20 seconds left. You're driving up the, up the court, past the midcourt line. It's a tennis match. You're down. It's match point. What are you thinking? Are you thinking, oh gosh, if I screw up, we lose? More than likely, if you're thinking that way, it's because when you were younger, you felt the pressure to have to do so well that that negative thinking took over. But as a youngster, if you were focused more on, hey, don't worry about that. Focus on the next play. Focus what you did wrong. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Keep challenging yourself. You're going to do better. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I try to bring up topics on this show each week that I think will be worthy of discussion. And I think this is a good one because we all have to deal with pressure in life, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a job interview. Maybe it's taking a test. Maybe it's playing in a sporting event. Maybe it's asking someone on a date. Okay. Maybe maybe it's just having a conversation with someone. But you feel that physical and emotional intensity. And sometimes it can take over in a negative way. And I think it takes over in a negative way if you haven't taken the time to prepare to feel that way in your past. If you're a coach, I'd like to hear from you. How do you coach your athletes in pressure situations in a game? Do you take them through the situations in practice? Do you give them a chance out, out there in practice to feel it? Feel that intensity. What are you going to do now? What are you going to think? See, the key to handling pressure situations in sport is preparing for it and getting your athletes to know what to think because they're going to feel physically tense and mentally tense. The two come hand in hand. But how you practice that, how you work with it, how you get them to understand that is so, so important. And that to me is why the whole preparation aspect of what we're talking about today fits into the picture. So what do you do to prepare your athletes? I think it's about putting them in situations, getting them in situations, ask them and, and talk with, not at, Talk with your athletes. Ask them how they're feeling physically, how they're feeling mentally in those situations. Get them to focus on their breathing. Get them to focus on positive thinking. Get them to focus on what's in front of them rather than behind them. 
focus on their execution and effort, on the task rather than the score, rather than the result. If you do that, you have a greater chance for success. You have a greater chance to see the result come out the way you want. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Here's farmer and businessman James Wood. We farm about 3,500 acres. There's pipelines everywhere. The contractor working on my property did not have the lines located before he began work, and it resulted on a strike on a natural gas pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety campaign. All across the country, people are coming together to speed up what we can learn about health. The All of Us Research Program is calling on one million people to join us as we try to change the future of health. For your family, for future generations, for all of us. Visit joinallofus.org and find out how you can become one in a million. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, 
Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. Kansas City, home with the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Royals supporting KC. Several teams that have won championships, although the Chiefs have not won one since 1970. And as a fan of the Chiefs, I'm looking forward to them hopefully making to the Super Bowl this year. I had the privilege when I was in seventh grade to go to the very first Super Bowl with my father. January 15th, 1967. Remember it like it was yesterday. And I will tell you that as a fan, I'd love to see them go back there. Now, a lot of people have said that the Chiefs don't play well under pressure. They have a quarterback now named Patrick Mahomes. We all know about him. He plays well under pressure. Lamar Jackson plays well under pressure. Tom Brady, even though the Patriots have lost now, has played well under pressure, obviously, with his record. So what does it take to get there? I think a lot of it, you know, people talk about moxie. They, they say, you know, the athletes that do well under pressure have that confidence, that moxie. Why? Because I think their training, their practices, they take the time to go through all these situations, how they're going to feel, how they're going to think, and what's going on mentally and physically with their bodies. And see, here's my point. When you feel pressure to perform, whatever it might be, there's a point where it becomes negative. And when it becomes negative, it becomes tension that overwhelms you. And when it overwhelms you, you feel the physical tightness, the mental tightness, and everything falls apart. That's where, to me, taking the time to prepare mentally, spiritually, Relaxation-wise is important. Breathing is one of the keys to handling pressure situations. You know, when you're driving your car, and Josh, this this applies to you, I know, because you drive your car and there's a squirrel, you hit the accelerator trying to hit it. No? No, you don't? Okay. But if you hit the brake, what, what happens when you hit the brake? How do you feel when you hit that brake? You get a jolt, I guess. You feel sort of t- tight. Yeah. And and it's like, uh, okay. And then how long do you feel like that? You're driving the car. you got to keep driving. Okay. About a second. A second? Well, you're, that's because you do the show. You're, you're better prepared. Mo- most people will feel that tension for about 10, 12 seconds. You'll feel that tightness. But if you simply take a deep breath and blow it out through your mouth, that can go away. That's so much of that, you know, LeBron James has this app out about mindfulness, about uh, about mental relaxation. Something I've talked about for years, learning the combination of physical and mental relaxation together. And people, people, and I've had people say that that's a bunch of bunk. You know, come on, you got to be tight. You got to be tough. Well, to be tough, you have to be relaxed. You have to focus. You have to be able to concentrate on what you're doing to be able to do that. You have to take the time to understand your body, your mind, and how they focus and how they interact. How does your mind interact with your body? If you start to feel that tension and physically get tight, you're not going to do well. I mentioned Lynn Elliott missing the kicks for the Chiefs in that playoff game years ago, saying I was trying not to be negative. Now I'll go to another situation with the Chiefs when Joe Montana was playing here. His last year, Chiefs were in the playoffs against the Steelers. Home game. 
It's fourth and ten. Fourth quarter, the end of the game. Touchdown pass to Tim Barnett. Chiefs went on to win in overtime on a Nick Lowry field goal. Joe Montana was interviewed after that game. Of course, this, this is why I think he is, is the best quarterback who's ever played. All due respect to, to other guys. That's just my opinion. But his comment was, I didn't realize it was fourth down. I just knew we needed to score. We needed to execute the play. So his focus was on execution. His focus was on performing, not on the result. You listen to Tiger Woods last year in, in his play in the Masters and the comeback he had last year. His focus was on the next shot. His focus was on what he had to do. Two years ago, Patrick Reed won the Masters. And while he was playing in the last round, were you aware that Jordan Spieth was catching up? I heard the crowd. They will talk about the fact that the pressure turned them on it allowed them to concentrate on themselves, on the task they were out they were out there to do. They weren't worrying about the result. They were focusing on what they had to do. I found this over the years throughout my work with teams, individuals, in all sports. I know in the 84 Olympics with the cycling team, with our team pursuit squad, we won a silver medal. Our whole focus was to be prepared. We were, we, and we had all these things happen in our rides. We had a mechanical failure in our first ride. We had a crash in our second ride. We beat the defending world champions by one one hundredth of a second in a four minute 23 second race in the third ride. Then we beat the West Germans who were the favorites and the fastest team in the competition. And in the finals we, we lost to Australia but we overcame all this adversity because our focus was on what we had to do at that moment and then the finals one of our cyclists fell off his bike being in the race and we almost won with three riders instead of four in this event because they focused on what they had to do so as a coach do you take your team in practices through mental preparation and physical preparation. Do you talk with them? I mentioned earlier, do you talk with your athletes, not at them? Because if you talk at your athletes, a lot of times they're going to they're gonna block you out. If you talk with your athletes and get their feelings, get their opinions, I can promise you will get farther. They'll take the time to listen more. They'll take the time to respect you more. But if you talk at them all the time, they're going to they're gonna block you out. So that pressure situation is going to happen to all of us. It happens in life, in sports, in business, in relationships. And so much of it has to do with how you have mentally prepared before you go out to do what you're going to do. If you're going to give a speech, I promise you, if you're listening to this show and you have given a speech before, you felt the physical and mental tension. You felt your body tighten up. You look at the crowd, you look at the people out there, and you start thinking, oh my gosh, what are they thinking? Oh, I better not screw up. I better not skip something. I work with musicians playing orchestras and philharmonics. They, they will play a bad note, but they've got to keep going. They can't stop. Of course, they're one of many 
If you're doing a solo, you may do a bad, a bad play a bad note once in a while. It may happen, but you have to keep going. If you focus too much on that negative side, the tension will affect you not just physically, but psychologically, and it will cause you to fall apart under the pressure. So that's where, as I said earlier, if you take the time as a coach to coach your team in practice, put them through pressure situations, and then talk with them. How were you feeling? What were you thinking? If you notice some kids tighten up and some kids are looser, see what the difference is. Ask them questions and then work through that. And as I said earlier, focus on breathing. Focus on the whole breathing techniques. Understand the difference between physical tension and mental tension and physical relaxation and mental relaxation. If you do that, you have a much, 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 much greater chance to succeed. This topic is one we will address again. We all have to deal with it. It's part of life. It's part of sport. But as we go through this next week and watch the playoffs, watch the national championship game coming up in in a few days in college football, and whether LSU or Clemson wins, Whoever wins, you will hear them probably talk about their focus and how they dealt with pressure. And the team that loses may may very well talk about the fact that the pressure got to them. It caught up with them. It overwhelmed them. Hope you enjoy this topic today. We will get into more things like this in the future. It's our first show of 2020. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs here every week. If you want to get a hold of me, there are a lot of ways to reach me. You can call me at my office at 816-561-5556. Send me an email at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810WHB. Go to the additional programming tab and you'll find us. They're podcasted on SoundCloud. They're podcasted on my website winnersunlimited.com have a great week have a great beginning of our new year and we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the sports psychology hour for more information go to winnersunlimited.com I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs as a sports psychologist With 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive, realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. 
You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them, just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country. And tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets, anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma! This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting this stew and telling me what you think? Mmm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station.